Hey you, thank you for joining me for episode number 103 of Better Regulate Than Never. How's everybody doing? August 30th. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's almost September. And it's just so weird to not be at school every day. But I am working so hard to just continue to make this podcast something that's so helpful that that you are learning things that you need to learn. And I want, I'm just out there helping the people and meeting new people. Um, this week, I am going to go to Washburn University's campus and talk to college students. And I want to ask them all the questions and all the things about what I can do to better serve them and serve this podcast for everyone. So I'm excited about that. And I'm sure I'll be telling you about it in different times. But as I was studying and thinking about college students, and just thinking about everyone, every human, no matter what age, I was really reading a lot about how sleep is well, it's a problem. People aren't getting enough sleep. People aren't taking sleep seriously and how important sleep is. And I know (laughs) that teens and young adults are not getting enough sleep. And really, I don't think anyone's getting enough sleep, but I know it's especially a problem, I think, with young people. So I wanted to talk about it today because even I didn't realize how important it is. I don't think until I read some of these things. And so I wanted to talk to you about it today. I know that this topic is so boring, or it it sounds boring. But I really I think it is important. And I want you to know how important it is, because it is, I think, a problem in our society. It seems like sleeping is a waste of time. And I've even heard quotes like, I can sleep when I am dead. And I remember feeling that very same way. Like I have so much to do. I don't have time to sleep. Like sleep is, is wasting my time and I'm going to sacrifice sleep so I can do all the other things that I need and want to do. But I want to really caution you today to not do that. I know that everyone around you right now is doing that and it's going to be hard for you to be kind of a trailblazer kind of to say, I am going to get enough sleep because all your friends are not getting enough sleep and they're not going to understand what you're trying to do. So you will probably have to be firm with them and set some boundaries with them if you really are wanting to work on your sleep or hopefully Maybe some of your friends are also trying to get sleep so you can all support each other in that. But adults need at least seven hours and about 35% of adults are not getting seven hours of sleep. And I can say that I just barely get seven, but I do feel good and I don't feel tired. And so, and it's not, I don't think I'm tricking myself. I think I'm getting enough sleep. I get probably six and a half, six hours and 45 minutes. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. But teens and young adults actually need nine to 10 hours of sleep. And I know because I talked to so many teens for years and years and years, 
and I had teenagers myself and was a teenager at one time, teenagers are not getting nine to 10 hours of sleep. But I want you to really think about how you might start at least trying to add some more hours in. The reason that teens and young adults need more sleep is all the learning and changing that is going on inside your bodies and your brains need time to recoup, repair, and integrate all of that learning and the changes. And the integration part is something that I hadn't really thought about before. I knew that sleep helped you to recover and repair and keep yourself healthy, but I didn't really think about how it integrates all the information you got that day and into your brain. Sleep is regulated by our circadian rhythm. And circadian rhythms are physical, mental, and behavior changes that follow a 24-hour cycle. And these natural processes respond primarily to light and dark. And this, I think, is so fascinating because I've talked about this before, about the world being 50-50, and that, you know, we have half of the day is light, or half of the 24-hour time is light, half of it is dark for the day and night. Things that happen to us are 50-50, you know, we have 50% positive things happening, 50% things that we consider negative happening, Our feelings are 50-50. Sometimes we feel amazing. Sometimes we feel terrible. Sometimes we're in between. And so I thought it was fascinating that this natural rhythm of the world, because it isn't just humans, but this also, these circadian rhythms actually affect most living things. So not just humans, but animals, plants, microbes work on this light-dark cycle, and our sleep is regulated by that. So. The other part of the sleep that I want you to think about, and the reason I'm talking about it in this podcast is because of how it affects your mental health, because this entire podcast is about mental health and emotional health and in feeling good in our minds and in our brains, but that all affects uh, sleep affects all of that and how we sleep and then how we feel emotionally also affects our physical health. And so it's just all intertwined. And it's, it's amazing when you think about it. When we are sleeping, our bodies are repairing all the systems and taking all the information of the day and organizing it and filing it away so that we can use it later. Sleep improves the creative process. So if you are an influencer, a creator, if you are in a creative major in school, if you're a creative, well, if you're a student of any kind, you have to be creative in some ways, even if you're not an artist or a musician, um, you need to be creative to write a paper for something. You need to be creative if you're trying to market anything. So there's just so much that sleep can improve and do for you. And during puberty, and if you are a young adult, you're probably, you know, finishing up that process. But during puberty, your sleep cycles actually change and you become more awake at night and more tired in the morning. And that's normal. And so when it is hard to go to sleep at night and when it's hard to get up in the morning, that's part of being in that puberty stage. 
And I know that your parents are mad about it <laughs> because I was mad about it when my teens didn't want to get up. And and I remember when I was a young person, high school and college, probably, I could have my alarm full blast and I would not hear it, which is so crazy to me now because that <laughs> would just so not even be a possibility at this point. But I do remember that. So I, I get it when you say you don't open up, you don't wake up to your alarm. But I think part of the reason you're not waking up to your alarm is not just this. I don't want you to use this as an excuse. Part of it is you're not getting enough sleep. And so you're too tired to even hear the alarm. So think about that. The other thing I want to say, which most of you won't care about, but I do kind of understand a little bit is that because of the stage of life that I'm in, which is menopause, which some of you, especially as a young person, don't even care or know about it. And I didn't care or know about it when I was younger, but it's that time of life for women past 50 that it's almost like a puberty thing going on for older women. So our bodies are changing and the hormones are doing weird things as they do in puberty. So that happens again when you get older as a woman. And it actually happens for men too, but I don't know that there's a name for it. And so it disrupts our sleep again. And so now my sleep is being disrupted. And I was someone who in my 20s, at least 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way to 50, I went to sleep when it was time to go to sleep. And my alarm went off and I woke up and I just slept all night. It was so beautiful. And people that would say, oh, I have to get up and go to the bathroom or I have to get up or I wake up and I can't go to sleep or whatever. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I just go to sleep and then I get up and I go do my stuff. Um, and I really hoped and thought that I would never have sleep disruptions because I never did. I never had trouble sleeping in any kind of way. And now I do have sleep disruptions. I wake up several times a night, not for really long periods of time. And I still don't feel tired in the morning. Like I still get up and it's fine, but it is different. And so I understand hormones changing how you sleep and thinking, well, I can't fix this. There are some things that you can do and we're going to talk about that. So some of the studies that I was reading said that college students' bedtimes are even later than high school students' bedtimes. And I'm sure that that's because in high school, your parents probably do give you some guidance or make you go to bed at certain times because they know that you don't want to. Uh, and then when you get to college and you can go to bed whenever you want to, you're choosing not to. And I remember thinking that I wanted to stay up late because it was fun. And I do think that if you occasionally stay up late um, for different reasons, that's not the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I'm talking about always disrupting your sleep. I'm sure that you know that getting good sleep and having a refreshed brain when you go to school is obviously optimum. And that's what you're wanting is to be refreshed in the morning so that when you go to school, you can take in all the information, understand it, pay attention, all the things, and then sleeping well at night helps to connect and process the information in your brain 
so that you can use it the next day and so on. So it's kind of, if you can get in a good sleep cycle where you're sleeping well at night and you're getting enough sleep, then it's helping you on the front end because you're going into school refreshed, paying attention, getting all the information, and then you're able to go to sleep at night and sleep a good amount of time so that all that information you just took in and did then gets reintegrated into your brain so that then you can do well. One book I read said that if you are studying for a test, you should study and review before going to sleep, then sleep seven to nine hours. Your brain will soak in all of that information for optimum retrieval the next day. The same thing works if you are practicing an instrument or a skill. The benefits don't come from the practice, but actually the sleep afterwards as your brain takes that practice and integrates that practice into your brain. If you don't sleep, your practice doesn't help you. Isn't that fascinating? I would have never guessed that. Many students pull all-nighters, and I know that happens in high school and I think even more in college. They pull all-nighters to study for tests because they want to do well, but the opposite actually happens. In studies done on these exact situations, an improvement on test scores and GPAs only improved when the subject was allowed to sleep first. So people who stayed up all night to study and then went and took their test did worse every time than those who studied a lot, slept, and then went to the test. So think about that. Sleep is really important. As a college student, especially, think about your return on investment. College costs a lot of money. And to get your money's worth out of it, you need to be absorbing and integrating that learning into your brain. If you are sleep deprived, you are not getting your money's worth out of college. And even though you are not monetarily paying, if you are in a public education K-12, now if you are obviously in a private school, you're paying for that education. So you want to get your return on investment there. But even if you're in a public school and you're not really paying too many fees to be there, you still want to be getting the most out of your time you're spending there. You have to spend a lot of time in school, 13 years with kindergarten added onto it. So if you're spending that much time of your life in something, you should be getting the most that you can get out of it. And I know your friends and even probably a lot of your parents are sleep deprived and really our whole society is thinking that, you know, sleep is a waste of time is kind of a thing. And I don't want you to think that sleep is a waste of time because it affects so many things, not just learning everything you can imagine about your life. 75% of people that have been diagnosed with depression or anxiety also had lack of sleep. And those that have sleep disorders or trouble falling asleep can develop mental health issues. A sleep debt of two hours a night increases depressive symptoms. When sleep improves, your mood improves. I thought this was interesting. One sleepless night can affect your body as though you were drunk. 
And this causes so much danger if you are driving sleep deprived, because many accidents and deaths that have happened are because someone fell asleep while driving or they were so out of it, brain fog, not paying attention because of sleep deprivation that 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 caused the accident and people have been killed. Lots of people. I think it said like 6,000 deaths a year are because people are sleep deprived driving. So when I said that this is a life and death situation, it really is. And it can affect your entire life, not just school and driving and all that. Lack of sleep also is correlated to chronic diseases like heart issues, cancer, all sorts of things. You could even die early if you are sleep deprived. Like it takes years off of your life. It's like if you were smoking or doing some other kinds of things that hurt your life. You can survive 60 days without eating, but you can only survive 11 days without sleeping. Is it possible for you to get too much sleep? Now, I love naps and naps can help you. And hopefully if you are a napper, some people can't nap. I think that's weird because I lo- I could just sleep all the time. I mean, not because I need it, but just because I really like sleeping. I think sleeping uh, just feels good. And naps can be beneficial if you're not sleeping a long time. Like most of the stuff I was reading said an optimum amount of napping was less than an hour. I think they had, there was one thing I read that was like 26 minutes is the perfect nap or whatever. Uh, I just think anything under an hour is probably a good amount of time to sleep. I used to take three hour naps and I would actually feel worse when it was over. Like I felt like I needed it but I just was so, I just felt yucky afterwards, like sluggish and angry and whatever. It was just, it wasn't a good thing. So if you are a napper, just think about how, what kind of naps are you taking? Do you feel better afterwards? If you don't, maybe you're sleeping too much. So, you know, maybe shorten the amount of time that you're sleeping because naps can help with that sleep deprivation. I know that especially in high school and college, your schedule is probably so crammed with things that you almost can't get enough sleep. And I want to, I want to caution you to think things like that. I want you to try to find your time, but if you really can't get the time in a seven to nine hour block at night, adding a little bit of time in the day as a nap could be helpful. And also if you have some sleep issues, like Some people have sleep apnea or insomnia or different kinds of things. Um, Again, I don't struggle with any of those things, so I don't know from personal experience about it. But I think if you're somebody who struggles with getting enough sleep at night for sleep issues, a nap, a shorter nap could be helpful in the daytime. Also be careful because naps then can disrupt your night sleep. So they never bothered me. Even when I took a three-hour nap, it was so weird. I could still just go right to sleep at night and not and sleep all night. Um, but there, if you have sleep disruptions or sleep complex issues where you don't sleep very good on a regular time, then taking a nap, especially too close to the time you would actually be going to bed at night could disrupt being able to fall asleep. So just be careful about all of that. But think about, you know, maybe a nap could benefit you. 
If you are sleeping more than 10 hours in a 24-hour period, though, and you don't feel rested, you should probably talk to your doctor just to make sure that there isn't any other underlying physical problems because feeling like you need to sleep too much could be a sign of physical issues you don't know about. It also could be a sign of depression or things, um, emotional disturbances that could be causing you to want to sleep a lot. So just check on it because you might need to do some things about it. And so then the part that I think is important for you to know is how do you get good sleep? And so there is something called sleep hygiene. And I think it's so funny because we talk about other kinds of hygiene your whole lives. Probably I remember there was hygiene talks in elementary school or stuff about like wear deodorant, take showers, brush your teeth, all those things. But there's also sleep hygiene, which is just thinking about the environment and the sleep related tasks that can help you go to sleep. So you should actually plan for your sleep. Sleep should be in your schedule. I'm going to go to bed at this time and I'm going to get up at this time. And ideally, you need to have a seven to nine hour block of time that you are sleeping. And you can also plan your naps or extra sleep that you're going to have on the weekends, but you should be putting sleep in your schedule so that you can start planning for it. Because if you plan for sleep, you'll probably be more likely to get it than if you're just like, oh, if I have time, I'll go to sleep. (laughs) Uh, Because you won't, you'll just do all the other things and you won't use the time to sleep. If you have regular exercise, remember that helps with so many things. Um, It helps to complete the stress cycle. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but regular exercise, at least 30 minutes a day, and it can just be 30 minutes of movement. If you don't want to think about it like actual vigorous exercise, just think about being, being mobile and moving around for at least 30 minutes a day can help you to get better sleep. And having a routine to go to bed also helps your body and your brain to know it's time to get settled down to go to sleep. I start getting ready for sleep about an hour before I actually plan to go to sleep. And so one of the things that they suggest during that hour is to not use electronics. Because if you remember that circadian rhythm is based on light and dark. And because sleep is affected by that, when it's dark, it tells your body to start producing chemicals that help you to go to sleep. And a lot of research is saying that if you look at a phone, an iPad, a computer, I don't know if TV is part of this, but the blue light that comes from electronics disrupts your circadian rhythm. And so it doesn't know it's your body doesn't know it's time to go to sleep. Now, I think that's true and can be true for a lot of people. For some reason, it doesn't seem to affect me going to sleep. I fall asleep in my iPad or on my phone or whatever. So it doesn't, you know, I can go right to sleep. And so for my sleep routine, I do look at my iPad and I play just soothing games like Candy Crush or those like puzzle games where you have to figure something out, but it's like pretty much low maintenance for my brain and it makes me feel tired and I go to sleep. Now, if blue lights 
if that does tend to affect you being able to go to sleep, and I know that you won't want to change this because I don't really want to change it about my life, but reading a book. And if you are a high school or college student, there's tons of reading that has to be done for your homework. And I'm not saying leave all your reading to until it's time to go to sleep because you'll probably fall asleep in it and then you won't get it read. But um, some of the reading, maybe you could leave for the, for your end of your day sleep routine to get tired. Do some of your reading there because you're just looking at a page. There's no, you know, other than your lamp being on, which hopefully, you know, that is a low light. That's not a blue light. I know in a dorm situation though, you know, you may need to have your phone as the light to see the book because other people are sleeping or whatever. So I don't know, but like try to think of different things and practice different things to see if it will help you get the sleep that you need. Also sleep hygiene mentions a quiet environment. And that's certainly important to me. I never had a TV on when I was trying to sleep. I don't listen to anything to go to sleep. I do like having white noise, which we have two fans, one to two fans going at night, which I love. Just the sound of that hum is very helpful to me. And I know some people need to listen to things to go to sleep. And that's, I mean, if that helps you to sleep, I'm totally fine with it. If it's disrupting your sleep, though, I want you to think about it. If you are in a dorm situation, though, and you need quiet, and there's a lot of activity going on, you could try to use earplugs or noise canceling headphones or something that could help you keep the noise out. And I know, I think when my daughter was in a dorm, because she was always somebody that liked the white noise, there was these little fans that you, that were like clip on. And she, I think she had like a, a clip on fan on her bed that was just right by her to kind of help her with that white noise thing as well. Also, darkness, of course, is helpful with sleep. And I know if you're taking a nap, of course, you're doing that in the day and there's probably light you can't do anything about. They mentioned like the the night uh, oh, blackout shades. Now I know in a dorm situation, you couldn't do that. And in your house, you know, you'd, if you're a teen, you're going to have to ask somebody to buy those if that's what you need. But if you can't get any of that, you could wear an eye mask. And um, I bought my husband an eye mask that completely blocks out all light because it has like these little cups really over the eyes and then over the whole thing. So you could check into that if you do need it to be dark and you don't have control over it being dark because I understand in some situations you don't. And you should try to have a regular sleep and wake cycle. And again, I know that's hard and your schedules are different. And sometimes you have to go to bed later and sometimes you have to get up earlier and all that. But if you can try to try to make the schedule as regular as possible, it's going to be helpful to you because your body gets mixed up if it's really radically changing all the time. And then it is hard to go to sleep. And then it's really frustrating to try to get into a schedule. You probably noticed that after a summer if you slept really late and stayed up all night and then it's time to go back to school, it's all mixed up and it takes a while for your body to get used to it. Also avoid caffeine and energy drinks past noon because that can disrupt you getting to sleep. Now, again, I never felt like caffeine really disrupted my sleep. It kind of made me have worse nightmares because it was like my brain was so active 
that it would like create a lot of weird dreams, but I, I was sleeping. I don't know, maybe I wasn't sleeping as well. And so just be careful about that. And I do know that some people take stimulant medication during the day, prescribed or unprescribed. If you are taking a prescribed stimulant and you're having trouble going to sleep, I would talk to your doctor or whoever prescribed it to help you maybe change how it, when you take it or how much of it or whatever to see if it can help your sleep because sleep is so important. Also sleeping under a weighted blanket can help. I have a 16 pound weighted blanket that I love and I only use it during naps because I don't really need it at night. It is wonderful. And so if you haven't tried a weighted blanket, that's something you could try that helps sleep. And also yoga and meditation, things that calm you down, things that calm your mind can help you to sleep. And so maybe that could be something that's part of your sleep routine. Drinking alcohol disrupts sleep. So I know that there are some people that think that drinking, you know, something to relax, which is what they're using it for, is helpful to them. But even if it does like relax them to go to sleep, it alcohol actually provides poor sleep. So I know that's weird, but it's not the beneficial kind of sleep. So if you're using alcohol to try to relax to sleep, that is not going to be a good, a good alternative of something to do in your sleep routine. They also mentioned keeping a sleep diary, and I've never done this because I really don't, even though now I have these wake up times, I think it's just part of my hormones. I don't think it's anything that I could do or not do because I had amazing sleep for three decades. So, and doing what I'm doing now mostly. Um, So I don't think that has anything to do with it, but if you're really struggling and I know a lot of people do, um, they mentioned keeping a sleep diary. So writing down the, in the morning, like certain things about how the night went and how much you had to wake up or how hard it was to sleep, or maybe you're writing, I was up all night, you know, or like keeping track of the exact amounts of time that you're sleeping. And then at night, you know, writing down how the day went, when did you feel tired? And like, just really keeping track of when you go to sleep, when you wake up, how much you do or don't do these different things. And, um, I found this two week sleep diary online. And so I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And it's actually an interactive PDF where you can type into the PDF. So it might be helpful to you. I thought anybody who is having some sleep issues, it might help you to pinpoint what is going on, like what might be causing you troubles, what you might need to add or eliminate or look into with your sleep. And so I added that on there. This is literally life or death that you figure this out. So please make sure that your sleep is good. And so really look into what you need to, to make your sleep amazing. Make sure you do talk to your doctor if nothing seems to be working because you do need to figure this out. And there's so many different sleep disorders that are out there. Maybe you have one of those. And so you need to figure out what are the treatment methods for that. But I want you to be able to sleep so you can have amazing quality of life so that you just have an amazing life. 
Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear from you on social media. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. I have a TikTok that I've been putting some more stuff on. So, and it's all just better regulate than never. Just look that up. You'll find all the things. Um, you can go to my website, which is betterregulatethannever.com, all one word. Um, and you can send me a message there. So however you want to get a hold of me would be amazing. I would love to hear from you. I want to make sure that my episodes are helpful and you're, you know, using them to make an amazing life. So on my website, you can also sign up to talk to me too. If you want to set up a sleep routine, we can talk about that and talk about how, you know, you could schedule your week to figure out your sleep. So I will talk to you soon. Have an amazing week.